0: Welcome to Heritage Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and challenged as we study the Word of God together. This special edition podcast comes from our annual Overflow Conference. For more information, please connect with us online at heritagefellowship.us overflow. Luke 22 is where we're going to be at, um, and I'm excited. I'm, are you excited about this? Are you glad you're in here? Are you glad you're here today? yeah even though you're tired you're pressing through okay well okay yeah see it's tough that's tough um awesome luke chapter 22 luke turn to luke chapter 22 hey everybody say hi to luke luke's back from belmont holy cow holy cow man jake how glad are you that he's back you just oh it's just it's like something has been missing. And Luke's back. Um amazing. So Luke twenty two will be in um twenty four is where I kinda wanna land. Yeah, twenty four is where I wanna start. So um yeah, let's jump into this. Luke twenty twenty two verse twenty four. Luke twenty two verse twenty four. Okay. If you're there, say yeah. 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 If you're not, say hold up. Oh, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. even her phone. Oh, oh, it's not your fault then. Okay, okay, okay. My Bible didn't have to load. <laughs> All <right. I'm> just... <laughs> She's not even listening to me. <laughs> no, I'm not insulting, I'm just speaking the truth. It's gonna set you free. 24, here's what it says. If you're there, say yeah. yeah. If you're ready, say come on with it. Okay, 24, it says this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors. That's where I want to stop for right now. Okay, that's where I want to stop for right now. And I want to kind of paint the scene a little bit for you, because what's happening here is that the disciples, this is the Last Supper, they're sitting down, and they're having the Last Supper, um, and and they didn't know it was going to be the Last Supper. Like, this is is a Jewish feast that they would have had, um, but they didn't really know at that moment that it was going to be the Last Supper, it was going to be the last meal that they shared with Jesus. And so they're there, and they're sitting there, and this dispute arose amongst them, which is who is the greatest among all of us, right, who is the greatest among all of us, have you ever had a conversation like that, you ever, you ever had a ranking conversation, right, we all do that, like if you're into sports, like the top 25, that comes out in every single sport, Um, but have you ever, like, you ever, like, ranked yourself within, like, within your friend group for something, nobody's ever done that, just me, okay, cool, you've done it, Ian's done it, cool, when I was younger, um, I, had the, I had this friend named Austin Featheringham. I had the greatest last name friends ever. Austin Featheringham, and we would go over to his house, um, and we would box. We would box. It was, yeah, it was awesome. We were like 10, 10 or 11, right? And so we would go over, and we would box. Don't box anybody right next to you right now. Please don't do that. And we would box, and, and so what would happen is we would have all these fights, And then we'd rank each other. We'd have this board, and we'd have, like, the wins and the losses. Like, I don't know how we got away with this. Because, like, it's like we said hi to Austin's mom. Like, his mom, Austin's mom would make us cookies while we were boxing in the basement. That's what's up, right? Um, I was probably 11. Like, old enough that I could, like, hold enough that you could get hit hard, but not old enough to know, like, we should stop. Like, we shouldn't do this. And so I remember we kind of ranked it, and, and we had this, like, this board that had like your wins and your losses, and I was at the top, right, I was at the top, I, I was doing well, I did well, and then, yeah, thank you, thank you, and so, but then Austin had one of our other friends over that hadn't boxed before, his name was Greg, um, his name was Greg, Greg Houston, and he came, and I remember this conversation arose about who is Greg gonna box, right, and so we went through the, the list, and it's like, oh, he could box this person here, um, uh, but this person isn't as good as this person, and this person's not as good as this person. So I don't know where to put him. And Jared, Jared doesn't need to box him yet because Jared's at the top of the list. And I remember Greg's like, "Hey, I want to box Jared." And I'm like, "All right, bro." all right let's go right and so and so I I was being I was being fairly humble about it right I was helping Greg put on his boxing gloves and just all the stuff like hey you're gonna want to punch that's what boxing is and so we we start like legit we start we start going and and I'm like all right Austin's gonna like he's gonna like ding the bell and we're gonna go and these are our parameters this is how we do it and so he did it and I was kind of like going up legitimately before i knew what was going on he hit me three times in the face i swung and missed he like hay made me in the like in the jaw and i don't remember the rest right greg ended up being a middle linebacker in in high school and an army ranger in the the military like kid the kid was crazy it was it was insane and so i just got clobbered that's the last time i've ever boxed in my life i was like oh man because nobody else like i never actually got hit so we do this ranking thing it's a competition thing I don't know like guys can relate let's be, let's be real honest girls you can relate too. like even if you say you've never done that out loud we compare a lot we compare where we're at with who with where other people are at a lot and comparison and competition um, they can really keep us from saying yes to what we need to say yes to Right? They can keep us from really, say, really saying yes to what we need to say yes to. Because my yes, Kevin talked about this last night, my yes is not the same as your yes. right? Even if you feel like you have a similar calling to me to be in ministry, my yes is still not your yes. yes. It could be similar. We, you could intern. I could, I could invest in you because you have a heart for ministry, maybe even youth ministry. But your yes will not be the same as my yes. Right? And what's happening in this situation is that the disciples are at the Last Supper trying to figure out who's the best amongst them. One of the things you need to know about the, just the, the context of the situation is that at a Jewish dinner, the host would sit in the middle and the guest of honor would be the first guest to his right. And the second guest of honor would be the first guest to his left. And the third guest of honor would be the second guest to his right. You see what I'm doing? Like, if I am the host. This is my guest of honor, my second guest, my third guest, my fourth guest of honor. And so it goes down the line. It's a full system of figuring out who's the best. Like, even when they ate dinner, they had to figure out who, where everybody was in the pecking order so that they could place them in the correct seat. That's what, that's what culture was saying, right? But we have Jesus who hears the dispute and has something to say about it. We see Jesus who hears the dispute and has something to say about it. And Jesus starts, it says, a dispute arose among them as to which was to be regarded as the greatest. And then he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors. So he's setting up like, It's almost like if you were to think of royalty and like the kings and the dukes and all of those things, right? Think about a deck of cards. You've got the king, the queen, the jack, all those things. And then you've got Jesus speaking in verse 26. He says this and he says, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. Let the greatest among you be considered the youngest and the leader as one who serves. I just want to take a second and pray for us real fast. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that it's good and it's true and it's real and it's right and it has the unique ability to speak into any and every situation we would come against. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would teach us something about ourselves today. Holy Spirit, you would reveal something to us. It wouldn't be information, but it would be revelation. It would be something that we understand about ourselves that changes the way we leave this room. It would change the way we think about our friends. It would change the way we think about all of our relationships, and about our, more importantly, about our relationship with you. Jesus, we love you. Um, We acknowledge that you're in this place. We acknowledge you want to speak to us and that your Holy Spirit is present. If you believe that, somebody say amen. 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 All right. So so he says, the youngest and the servant. So he, he says, I hear your dispute and I raise you this information. The best is the youngest the best is the servant. And and it's interesting because young younger in that culture are seemingly you're you're less wise, right? I'm glad we had a conversation about wisdom teeth because that fits right in, right? That the younger ones weren't considered like like you weren't actually considered to like start doing what you were doing or be considered a true full-fledged adult contributing to society in that society until you were around 30 years old. Which is one of the reasons that Jesus started his ministry then. Okay? and that still was very young. <laughs> Hello, <no>, I'm 30. <laughs> like that word. That's a good word. And then he said a servant and the servant is it's the lowest order of the of society, economic society, uh, social society, like they're the lowest of the low and they don't have ownership of anything. They don't own anything. That's that's, that's a servant, okay? And here's Jesus speaking to his disciples. And again, you got to think about what's happening. It's the last supper. Jesus is about to eat and go to the cross, right? And they're talking about who's the greatest. It's funny how the disciples didn't get it all the way up until the end. They didn't fully understand all the way up until the end. But he tells them, "It's not the greatest. The one uh, is not the greatest. Is the younger and the servant." Then in verse twenty-seven, it goes on to say, "For who is the greater, greater?" One who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? Well, that's interesting. Well, he says that because society would say that that's that's the one that's the most important, the one being served. But I am among you as the one who served. I am among you as the one who served. Okay. Put a little bookmark there where you're at. You don't have to turn. I can turn with you, but um, or turn for you. John chapter 13. John chapter 13 goes right along, the, right along with this because really what's happening, Luke doesn't record it, but what happens immediately after this conversation, is found in John 13. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. What is it? Washing the stinky feet. All right. Ew. Yeah, I know it. So John 13 shows us that Jesus took it a step further and washes his disciples' feet. He washes his disciples' feet. And if you're taking notes, here's the first, here's the first point. If we want, yes, not my will but yours, to be a consistent part of our life, we must be a servant. Servant. If we are saying, oh man, I am, I am all for overflow, I am all for what's happening here, I am all for saying yes, but you still don't find yourself as a servant and serving others and listening to your master, then your yes is not going to make it outside of these walls. If you want to say, yes, not my will but yours, and you want that to be a consistent part of your life, you must be a servant. See, it's a serving attitude that allows you to say yes even when you don't want to say yes. Because let's be real, like there are going to be times in your life you don't want to say yes. That's, that's what happens. That's the test. Even when you don't want to say it, but you really feel like the Lord's telling you to give it, are you going to do it? It's a serving attitude that allows you to say yes even when you don't want to say yes. It's a serving attitude that allows you to say yes when it hurts your reputation to say yes when it kills your convenience, to say yes when we are afraid, and to say yes when we don't understand. I believe this whole talk that I'm going to have with you right now, this whole breakout session, is based solely on the fact that if you want to say yes, and you want to do that well, you have to be a servant. That's got to be you. That's got to be something that defines you. When other people look at you, do they say Man, they serve well. They serve well. And there's different components to that. I want to explain that a little bit better. Serving isn't just, oh, let me do everything for you. It's doing everything for Jesus, but it's not doing everything for people. Okay, let me make the distinction there. See, if we don't see Jesus as a servant, who is our greatest example, we will not see ourselves as a servant. We won't see ourselves as a servant. Okay? You following me? Are you with me? Yeah. Everybody's still awake? Okay, good. Good. All right. All right. John 13, verse 8. 13, verse 8. Uh, actually, let's back up just a little bit to 6. Darn it. Did you write it down? I'm so sorry. <laughs> actually, I'm sorry. We're going to back way up. <laughs> Let's just go to the beginning of 13. I'll read this to you. Okay, just listen, listen. Um, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper, he laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, this is important, okay? He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And basically he's saying, I don't want you to wash my feet. That's what he's saying. That's the statement. So Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, You shall never, somebody say never, never, never never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Okay. So we have this. Do you have a a question, David? Yeah, go for it, buddy. You can just slip out if you need to. 13, John 13. Um, And I just started at the very beginning of the chapter. So that was 13 all the way through 11. Yeah, 13 all the way through 11. So you have this scene where Peter says, you will never wash my feet. Like that is like, I don't like feet, Jesus, and I don't want you touching mine. Like, and so he's having this conversation. Um, and I love in verse 9, like, you guys like Peter? Somebody identify with Peter? Peter's always the loudest one at the party. I mean, he's just screaming, right? He's just yelling. I think it's really funny. Um, you guys know the, the scene where Peter cuts off the ear of the high priest, of the high priest's servants? You know, you know what I'm talking about? At the Garden of Gethsemane, they come to get Jesus, and, and they come and said, who's Jesus? Judas kisses him, and so they come in to get him, and Peter's like, no! And he pulls out his, his sword, and he's like brave-heartening it, and he cuts off the dude's ear. You know that scene? Like, it's, it's a, He cuts off his ear, yeah. And, and so, so he, shh, he cuts off his ear, and then Jesus, what's Jesus do? Puts it back on. He picks it up, and he puts it back on, and then he says to Peter, Peter, put your sword away, because those who live by the sword die by the sword. Okay. Also, what you need to know is that Peter probably wasn't aiming for the ear. And so Jesus is basically saying, like, listen, Peter, you're real bad with your sword, and you're going to die if you think that's the way you're going to have, you're, like, this is going to go down. So Peter is just always like overreacting like he's just yelling like I love you and 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 here he's like you're never you're never gonna wash my feet very definitive statement it's it's classic it's classic Peter it's who he is and he says this and then Jesus says if you don't let me do it then you can have no part of me and then he overreacts again oh man okay okay well, then, not just my feet, but go ahead and just, like, my head, my hands, my shoulders, my knees, my toes. Like, he just goes, like, all of it, just all of it, right? And, and so we have, this, we have this exchange that happens. But my question is, reading this, why does Peter say no to Jesus initially? What, what are your thoughts? I want to hear what you guys think. Why does, why does he say no to, to Jesus initially washing his feet? What do you think, Luke? Okay, okay. What else? Sure, yeah. That could have be been one. What else? What do you think? Adam, what do you think? Probably because that wasn't socially appropriate or culturally appropriate. Sure, yeah. I think all of those things are good are 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 really good answers um just socially typically this is a job for the servant and if you were to look at that like it's not just a servant it's like the least of the servants right so it would have either been the youngest servant or the oldest servant and basically what that means is they don't have they they can't do anything else right They, they couldn't cook they couldn't do a lot of the cleaning. They, they probably couldn't do a ton of manual labor or they were young and just hadn't learned anything yet. So they started there. So it's like a servant's job, but the low of the low. And, and typically what would happen in this society is that if you walked into somebody's house and they weren't like a super wealthy person, they would just have a basin of water and a towel for you to wash your own feet. But if you walked into the house of somebody that was wealthy, they would have had a basin of water, a towel, but also a servant there to wash your feet. So you would get to the door, you would slip off your sandals, you would put your feet in that water, and that person would wash your feet, right? They would wash your feet, but because they they did that so that they... You walked everywhere, and you walked everywhere in sandals, and you're not tracking in all the, the yuck into the house, right? So Jesus takes the posture of the lowest of the low servant and washes his disciples' feet, and he gets to... He gets to Peter, and Peter says no. And Peter says no um, again. Historically, because washing feet was a dirty job, um, it was considered the lowest of the low. But Peter is initially saying, um, "Jesus, don't serve me. Like, don't don't serve me. That's not your role. I am to serve you. Don't serve me. Right? That, that's what Peter is saying." And Jesus is telling him, if you don't let me serve you now, you won't be able to accept what I do on the cross. Like if, like, so so what I'm, what I, basically, just to, to kind of back up and summarize, basically what I've said to you so far, for you to say yes, you need to be a servant. But part of that servant, servanthood is understanding that Jesus is the servant. You have to identify him as a servant and let him serve you. Right. You ever felt like like Peter is one of those people that would be like, okay, there's an altar call um, and he knows he's supposed to go. But he needs to sit and cleanse himself in his seat first before he goes up because he has to come to Jesus. Good. In good standing. Right. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been there? Like, oh, I couldn't possibly couldn't possibly do this because I've got so much messed up in my life. When that's actually like what an altar call is all it's all for. It's because you jacked up, (laughs) and you're supposed to go so that Jesus can do the cleansing and the washing, right? Jesus is telling him, if you don't let me serve you now, you won't be able to accept what I do on the cross. See, Jesus is a living, breathing example of God. That's who Jesus is. Everything he did was in step with the Father, and it revealed the Father's heart. Y'all ever have a conversation with somebody that doesn't really know like, what this Christian thing's about, and they ask, like, hey, what's God like? You ever got that question? And you're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, no one asked me that. What's he like? Well, the cool thing is that we can just point to Jesus, because Jesus was God in human form, and he shows you the character of God. He gives you a glimpse into a deeper Revelation, a deeper, deeper understanding of, of what God would actually do if He lived with us, if He lived amongst us. Like Jesus is the living, breathing, walking example of God. And Jesus' life is marked by sacrifice and service, right? His life is marked by sacrifice and servant service. Who are you supposed to be like? Jesus. What should your life be marked by? Sacrifice and service. Holy cow. <laughs> you guys are, you're on it. Sacrifice and service. Isaiah 53. We're not going to flip there, but go ahead and write it in your notes. I want you to read this later. But basically this chapter is all about Jesus um, being the suffering servant. Okay? And this is written, written hundreds of years before Jesus ever came. Um, and everybody had this idea of who Jesus was going to be. He was going to be this, this, this king that was going to overthrow, overthrow the bad government, overflow Rome, overflow, <laughs> overthrow, this is overflow. He was going to overthrow them. That is hard. Holy cow. He is going to overthrow them um, and, and establish a new kingdom. But Isaiah here in 53 is saying, listen, no, he's going to come and die for you. And by his stripes, you'll be healed. And by him spilling his blood, you're going to be able uh, to, to come. Like I, He's the final sacrifice. It, it lays out this whole idea that Jesus is the suffering servant. That's exactly what he came to be. That's exactly what he did. It was prophesied hundreds of years before he ever came. Okay? And, and it's crazy because everybody had this. They knew this. This is part of the scripture, but nobody expected it. What? You're gonna wash my feet? Like, oh my gosh, Peter, read Isaiah 53. Holy cow, I'm the suffering servant. Like, that's who I am. And and so there this has already been this, this has already been written. This has already been said. Isn't it funny? Like, we can forget a lot of the things that are read in this book and it can catch us by surprise. Oh my gosh, Jesus, you still do that? You still do those things? Like. Like, legit, we can pray for people that are sick and they'll be healed? That that hap- Like, what? Right? Everything that's on the menu, we're going to order. You understand what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah. Everything that's on the menu, you should order. Nothing's off limits. No, we don't serve that anymore. That's not true. It's in the Bible. It's for you and me today. Right? Sacrifice and service. Peter wasn't able to say yes because, as this conversation reveals, he hasn't taken the identity of a servant. And he hasn't understood the identity of Jesus as a servant, right? Now listen, I'm not telling you to go use Jesus, but you need to understand that he came to serve you. And if you understand that, That gives you more freedom to come to him, right, with whatever junk you have. Because he's not there saying like, oh, man, that was, oh, that was bad. Oh, that was real bad. He's not shaking his head at your sin. He's saying, bring it to me. I came to serve. And if we're supposed to be like him, we are to serve as well. So, Peter wasn't able to say yes because, as this conversation revealed, he hasn't taken the identity of a servant. Do we, do you have that identity? I know I told you that you should, <laughs> but do you? Like, do you actually have the identity? I, like, part of who I am, part of what I was made for, part of the, the reason I'm on this earth is to serve. Is that part of you? Is that part of who you are? See, the the posture of a servant will always say, Not my will, but yours. Right? That's what a servant does. Like, that is Jesus literally being a servant by saying that. Not my will, but yours. You know better. You're the master, I'm the servant, but I also trust you and I love you. Like, there's a, there's a solid relationship there. But those are, those are words of a servant, right? And I don't think you can really say those words unless you see yourself as a servant. Right? That's big. Like, that's, that is really big. That's a, that's a big deal. Any questions so far? right we'll, we'll, we'll have some time later we'll kind of break you up in group, groups and we can talk and we might have some time afterwards too we can just have some Q&A <laughs> <laughs> be great but any questions so far anything you're like uh I don't know about that how you feeling how you feeling Ian you feeling great you're doing uh, tricks back there what are you doing questions. oh and, and <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> sounds cool Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you can save it for later? Okay. You, do, you're not going to forget it? Don't forget. Do like you want to? Okay, perfect. You want to ask it now? Why don't you go ahead and ask it now? We've got extra time. Go ahead and ask um, it now. So, with Peter and the whole, like, wash all of me. Yes. I've heard people say that as, like, a good thing. Like, he wanted more of Jesus, but it sounds a little bit like you're saying that that was just him overreacting again, that's yeah, I think I mean I think it's a it's a thought that comes out of a, a decent place. Like, oh my gosh, okay, then 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 watch every part of me. Um, because I, I would say that it, it's a bit of an overreaction just because of of knowing the character of Peter, right? But then also understanding like we're gonna go into this a little bit more. Peter didn't fully understand that. He didn't fully understand that. I'm actually gonna get into another thing that Peter says that's an overreaction and we see what actually happens when he comes face-to-face with the decision, right? Right. So that's a good question. I think it's good to want that. It's good to want to be watched by that. But Jesus also says, like, listen, you don't need that. Hold up. Like, you just need your feet. You just need your feet cleaned. You don't need your whole body because you've been walking with me, right? Um, I don't think it's bad to desire that. But I think that as we continue to go and as as I continue to talk about Peter a little bit, um, it's going to be clear that, like, he didn't fully grip what was happening um, and what Jesus was offering so good question really good question any others how you feeling shake it shake, shake it off a little bit just stay awake all right okay John 13 37 John 13 37 let's jump there John 13 37 okay Actually, 36. (laughs) Sorry, guys. All right. Just give me a little bit of time to like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, So 36, this is where Jesus, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. And 36, it says this, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Will you? Will you do that? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Okay? The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. The other translations of that in the, in the Gospels, he literally also says, even if everybody else denies you, I won't. Loudest one at the party, right? He's having the dispute of who's the greatest because he wants everyone to know, it's me, I'm the greatest, right? I love Peter and Peter is the rock, but he also, I love that it worked, like in scripture, we're given a prideful Peter working out towards humility, right? We're given that process and it's so good. And if you have an issue with pride, man, I want you to study Peter over and over and over and over again because it'll kill that pride. It will kill that pride. As long as you don't say, oh, I'm nothing like Peter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, you have to identify and say, okay, oh, yep, that's me. That's me. So you have this. He says, no, I won't, even if everyone else does. And, and this is something I've said to you youth guys a lot, um, but I want to say it again. It's easy to say yes when it's easy. It's so easy to say yes right here, right now. It's super easy. It's going to be easy to say yes when you're on the car ride home. It's going to be easy to say yes when you guys go get steaks at Aubrey's. It's going to be awesome. But it's going to be hard to say yes when it's hard. I know I am just dropping knowledge on you. It's easy to say yes when it's easy. It's hard to say yes when it's hard. (laughs) Hashtag overflow. Um, But when you get into a situation where your yes comes into question, where your faith comes into question... it's going to prove itself as either I really gave a yes or I didn't fully understand what I was doing, right? Those things will be worked out in that. See, Peter didn't know how hard the yes would be. Peter did not know how hard the yes was going to be. He didn't fully understand that. And we know that because he didn't fully understand what was going on. They didn't know it was the Last Supper. Um, they, didn't, they, they didn't know that Jesus was actually going to go to the cross, even though he's like over and over and over again, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, just continue to lay that out there. Um, Peter still thought like this was going to be a revolution. They're going to rise up. That's why he went after the, the high priest's servant with a sword, right? That's why all of those things were happening. Hey, okay. what's up? What's <laughs> up? That's, that's why all of those things are happening, right? Peter didn't fully understand. Peter didn't fully understand what his yes meant. Do you, do you ever overcommit and underdeliver? I'll do that? Who's the people pleaser in here? People pleaser. I love, I love asking that question because it's like, like, you have to answer, raise your hand if you're a people pleaser. I have to please you with my people pleasing. That is me. I am, I am, I am a textbook people pleaser. And I love that you're pointing at someone. She is. This one's for her. I like, I, like, I'm telling you right now, my high school days, even now, let's be real. I'm glad, like, my wife is just, it was meant to be, because she can talk me out of my people pleasing and just be like, hey, stop it. Um. But I lived a lot of my high school and college life as like just a such a bad people pleaser. And if they wanted me to do something, I, I was going to do it, right? That's one of the biggest things that I feel like the Lord is working on me this weekend, right? That's the, really, that's the biggest thing he's working on me right now, currently. Um, and it's awesome to be, be able to preach messages about that while you're working on it. It's actually not awesome. It's... Very, very convicting. Um, but do you ever overcommit and underdeliver? Like, yes, I can do that. Has everybody ever asked you something that you know clearly you have no experience with? Be are like, yeah, I got it, no problem. Change your carburetor? Cool. No, I can't. I can't do that. I remember in college. Um, this is. I didn't tell Lenae I was going to tell this story. Um, we had fish. We had pet fish. <laughs> She's already mad. Yay! Okay, so we had pet fish. Me and my roommate did. Um, Nay and I had Nay and I had purchased these fish. Nay and I were dating at the time. Um, we had purchased these fish, and we had. Um, I think you kept them at your house, didn't you? Yeah, you kept them at your house, and then we transferred them to college. Um, we transferred them to college, and like they were they were great fish. They we had like four of them. Uh, one's name was iPhone. Um, one's name was Barack. One's name was Michael Jackson. <laughs> fantastic one's name was fish (laughs) We ran ran out of names Uh, fish um and so and and so i remember like she was like hey can you take care of these and i was like oh my gosh yeah of course the only reason they survived for as long as they did is because of my roommate in college he was awesome and he kept my fish alive (laughs) but i remember we were going home on christmas break right and they was like i think she left before me i had to stay late longer and, um, oh, no, I was going home with my roommate. I was going to spend some days with him. And so she's like, you have to take care of the fish. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And, and, uh, and, and we got to this point where we're like, we were late and we're throwing all this stuff together to pack to go to his house. And, and Zach was like, dude, what are we going to do with the fish? I was like, uh, I got to take care of them. Uh, hey, you go to the car. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of this, right? So I had a, a can full of fish food. And a, an aquarium of fish. And I thought, fish are smart enough to pace themselves for like a month. So I was like, you all hungry? Let's eat. I gave him the whole thing of fish food. I was like, this is gonna be perfect. This is gonna be fine. I did not get back to our room first. My roommate did. And he's like, the smell was so bad, I legitimately threw up. Wow. And he had to throw out everything. And I remember Lene came to our room later and I was like, hey, where are my fish? And I was like, well, funny story. What happened was, yeah, it was bad. But I, oh, I, oh, I overcommit and under-deliver. Here's the thing. We need to understand. We need to understand. P- Peter didn't know how hard his yes was going to be. That's serious. That's serious right there. He didn't know how hard his yes was going to be, but Luke 14:28 says this: "For which of you desiring to build a tower?" Jesus is saying this, "Which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether, the, whether he has enough to complete it." Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luke 14:28 Luke 14:28. And he's talking Jesus is speaking, um, and he says, "For which of you desire to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost." whether he has enough to complete it, right? That's how I lived, right? If you're a people pleaser, like you don't really count the cost of what it's going to take. Like you just like the the affirmation in the moment of being able to say yes to the request. And then you get to the work and you're like, oh gosh, I should have taken them fish home because they're dead now. (laughs) Like you have to, count the cost. Now, I understand when we say yes to the Lord, we don't fully know what that's going to entail. But what I want you to understand is it's going to entail a lot. It's going to entail sacrifice and service. I can tell you that right off, right off the get-go. You've got to understand that your yes here requires sacrifice and service, right? That marks Jesus's life. It also needs to mark yours okay see instead of over committing and underproducing, we should wisely commit and godly produce we should wisely commit and godly produce if god is telling you to do it then it's wise to say yes okay If God is telling you to do it, it's wise to say yes. We want to wisely commit to things. You understand that your yes to something is a no to something else. When you say yes to something, you only have limited time. You only have limited resources. We really should take into account, like, what is this yes actually going to take? But if we say yes to something, we need to do it wisely. If God's telling you to do it, it's wise. And then godly produce... I think that's so good because it's understanding if God tells you to do the yes, you step into that. Understanding it's going to take service and sacrifice. But by doing that, by listening to the Lord, he will produce. It it, it takes the results kind of out of your hands. It takes the pressure and the weight off of your shoulders. If we wisely commit, he will godly produce. That's what's gonna happen. You gotta be faithful in the middle. You gotta understand it's gonna take it's gonna take service and sacrifice. But if we do that, we gotta understand that God is going to use you. God is going to use you for the outcome. And what was the song we just we just listened to before we did this? Make me a vessel, right? What's the job of the vessel? The job of the vessel is to carry what's in it. You are image-bearers of God, you are carrying God. That's your job. You're a cup carrying him. Right? You don't have to mix up the drink. You don't have to pour the drink. You don't, like, you don't have to do any of those things. You don't got to put a fancy umbrella in there. Just be the cup. That's what you are. Wisely commit, godly produce. Wisely pr- commit, godly produce. Okay. I want to do a quick illustration. All right, Ian, come here. <laughs> Yay, Ian. All right, so what did we say at the beginning of this? We said that I believe for you to say yes, you have to identify as a good. For you to be able to say, yes, not my will but yours, that, that is. those are words of a servant, and Jesus even said it, right? We have to understand that Jesus was a servant, and if we understand that he was a servant, we're going to be be able to identify with that and understand that that's our role too, okay? So the scripture that I read to you was Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, okay? So servant, one of the aspects of the servant, and there's more than just the serving aspect of a servant, is the serving, okay? So you are standing, right? You are standing um, like a server. Go ahead and put one arm out like this. Oh, very fancy. Gosh. You've done this before. You've done this before. Okay. Oh, my gosh. There's a stain on it, man. Is that blood? Holy cow. You're going to sacrifice, too. Okay. Mm, Okay. That's warm water. I like that. Okay, cool. So you're a servant. How heavy is it? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, you good? You good? All right. If you have to put it down, well, you can't because you're serving. Okay. All right. So we have... Ian, serving. And, and the image here is it's Jesus washing feet. It, it's Jesus serving others. And the posture of a servant in this scenario is he's standing ready to do. You are ready for action. You are ready to pour. You are ready to wipe off, right? You, you're ready. <laughs> what kind of? I'm wiping. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Wax on, wax off. It's good. You, that, you're, you're ready to do that, okay? This is one posture of a servant, okay? I, I, I want to show three of them to you. This is one posture of the servant. This is Jesus as a server, okay? Well, there's also the posture of one that reclines, okay? All right, give me somebody else. Jake, come here. I just want you to lay down right here. Can you do that? <laughs> just lay down. I got you two pillows. I wish. I wish. I wish. Oh, that's great. That's, that's good. Oh, I like your cake. Okay. All right. Okay, so John uh, 13 23 and 24. 23 and 24, this is just what we didn't read, okay? So this is just a little bit further than where we read. Uh, 13, 23, and 24. Um, Says the disciples looked at one another, uncertain whom he spoke about. So Jesus is saying, hey, um, he's had had the conversation with Peter. He says, listen, Peter, um, I don't have to wash all of you because you're clean. Like, you're good. I just need to wash your feet. But there's one here who's not clean. And then all the disciples are like, oh, who, 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 who? is it me? It's, it can't be me. I don't know if it's me. And then he has, he has this. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved, who is that? John. Is this funny? It's John's book, and he always refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. John, you stinking show off. Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus whom he is speaking of. So the disciples, leaning, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it is... He whom I will give the morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So here's what, I, here's what I want you to understand, too. Posture of a servant, I believe, is also, it's serving, but it's also reclining. John is next to Jesus. Peter, <laughs> quit playing footsie, you weirdos. <laughs> Peter motions to to motions or talks or I don't know sign language something I don't know he gives a he gives a clue to John John leans back on Jesus asks him a question what does Jesus do what's he do he responds to the question he responds to the question see for you to say yes you need to see yourself as a server but you also need to see yourself as a recliner right there is reclining is resting Reclining is an intimate time where you are spending moments with Jesus. And in this situation, John asks a question, leans back on Jesus and asks a question. And Jesus responds to you, can I challenge you? You need to be reclining and asking questions. And what scripture shows us is that Jesus answers questions. This is a posture that you should find yourself in. You're serving, but you're also reclining. Okay, you guys stay here, because I got one more coming up. See, serving is literally the posture of, "I'm, I'm going to do the yes. Reclining is a posture saying, I'm ready to receive. Okay? But then in Luke 10, 38 through 42, Luke 10... If you want to turn there, you can. If you don't, that's fine. Write it down. Luke 10. Oh, yeah. Um, It is, where am I at? Serving Serving is the posture of doing the yes. Reclining is the posture of I'm ready to receive. Okay? I'm ready to receive. I'm ready, to, or I'm ready to rest. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Here's what it says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha, somebody say Martha, Martha. welcomed him into her house, and, and she had a sister called Mary. Somebody say Mary. Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. If you are an underliner, underline that. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait, wait! But this is a ser- this is a posture of a servant. This is the- this is what we do. We serve. We serve. We serve. We serve. 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 I'm a two on the enneagram. I love serving. <laughs> but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me." But the Lord answered her, "Martha, Martha." You're kind of in trouble, like Martha, Martha. Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. She has taken the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So you, you have this situation where, where Jesus comes into the house of these, these people. Mary and Martha were the sisters of Lazarus. And so he comes to this house. They're friends. They know Jesus well. And, and so they come to this house, and, and Martha is like, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I need to clean this house. You guys, are you, you guys' his moms? Are they like, I need to clean? Yeah. No one can know we sit. Yeah. Like, they just clean everything. <laughs> everything, right? Like, no, there can't be signs of life. And so, like, yeah. the cleaning like crazy. Clean like crazy. If 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 your mom ever does that, I just need you to I just need you to, to stop her, look her in the eye, and just say, Martha, Martha, I'm kidding. And and don't tell her I told you to do that. <laughs> so she is distracted with much serving, but but it's, it's from a decent place. Like she knows that she knows that Jesus is coming and, and she wants it to be presentable, she wants it to be good. But then you have Mary, who, who is just Mary is sitting there listening to the teachings of jesus mary is sitting there listening to the teachings of jesus jordan will you come here i just need you to sit right here or you can sit on yeah you can sit on that too that's perfect Mary is sitting and listening. You still doing good reclining? Keep reclining, keep reclining. If you fall asleep, it actually adds to the illustration. It's fine. (laughs) You're like, everyone's looking at me. (laughs) Martha is serving, but Martha is serving with much distraction and anxiousness, right? So here's what I want you to understand. I believe these are three postures of what a servant looks like. But these three postures have their time and place. What did Jesus say in the moment of Mary and Martha? He says, Martha is distracted with much serving. Mary has chosen the good portion. She's listening to my teaching. Okay, Serving is good, but you can't serve so much that you're trying to earn the love. You're trying to earn the affirmation. Like like you serve because Jesus is a servant because he's telling you to do it. So in that moment, we're, we're, not a, we're, not a, we're a servant, but we're not a server, we're a sitter. But, but in, in John's moment, we're, we're, not, a, we're not a server, we're, we're not necessarily a sitter, we're, we're a rester, we're a recliner. These three should be a part of your life. Maybe you're saying like, serving, I got that, oh man, I am good at that reclining is good too i like the rest in the presence of jesus i like the i like the quietness but like sitting and actually listening to his teaching and actually taking it in because there's a difference here there's a difference here it's reclining and resting speaking with but this is intently listening i'll have situations where i'll lay down with easton at night my my oldest son and and we'll just be kind of laying there resting and talking and then we'll get into this conversation about the lord and something that i really feel like i need to like impart to him and talk to him and i'll make him sit up and look at me in the eyes So that I know he's listening. So that I know he's engaged. Mary is sitting, listening to Jesus' teaching, not just to hear it. She is hearing it. She is digesting it. She is thinking about it, right? Maybe just go ahead. Yeah, yeah, give me one of those. That's, (laughs) That's so good. These are all three postures of a servant. See, Mary is waiting to give her yes. Martha is listening to her own yes. Mary is waiting to give her yes, right? She's, she's listening. She's, she's somewhat counting the cost. She's listening to what Jesus has to say. Martha's like, man, all right, I gave you my yes. I'm going, 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 going. But it was really her own yes. Because you know what your own yes does? Your own yes will eventually leave you at a place that's going to make you anxious. It's going to lead you to a place that makes you burnt out, overwhelmed. There was a breakout session where where Casey talked, and he talked all about that. And it was like one of the most convicting messages I've ever heard in my stinking life. And it was awesome. Your yes, it causes those things that Martha was, was struggling with. Mary's sitting and listening. She's learning more about her yes. So Jesus was, I was just thinking about this. Jesus, is, Jesus was teaching. What was he teaching when he's talking to, to Mary, right? He's teaching, and, and, and Martha is, she's not listening to the teaching. I, I need you to understand that too. She's serving instead of listening. Well, Jesus is clearly teaching. If Jesus is teaching, stop serving. Stop doing stuff. Just sit down. (laughs) Just sit down and listen. Right? Martha's trying to earn a pat on the back, Mary is just taking it all in. Good job, Mary. See, Jesus was teaching Mary who he was. Jesus was teaching Mary who he was, more of his identity and who he was. And who Jesus don't sit down, you can't sit down. I thought you were about to sit down. That ruins the illustration. Again. And who Jesus is has everything to do with who you are. Right? see jesus gives us jesus gives us the example of a suffering servant one who came to wash feet and wait on tables not only to be served but to serve peter and martha both fall into the same trap they have an idea of who jesus is and act upon it but they don't understand fully Jesus goes to wash Peter's feet, and Peter says, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you you can't have any part of me. Okay, yeah, yeah, wash everything, do it all. Peter doesn't fully understand, he doesn't fully understand Jesus as a servant. And if you don't fully understand Jesus as a servant, you won't serve. You won't do that in the way that it was intended to be. Peter or Mary is listening. John is listening before they do. Before they do the thing that they're supposed to do. Before they, they give the yes, and now you're in the phase where you're like serving the yes that the Lord has told you. You have to sit and rest and listen. You have to rest and listen. See, standing, serving, sitting, listening, and reclining, resting, and asking are all postures that we must take. But they all have their place and time to say, yes, we need to sit. We sit to listen and hear what Jesus has, has for us to do. We recline. We rest in the presence, asking him questions. John was clarifying something. He was asking for an answer. He was also resting on Jesus. And we stand to serve based on his teaching and what he's added to us in the reclining. See, yes, not my will, but yours, is based on the follow uh, is, on, is on based on following the lead of Jesus. It's a game of spiritual follow the leader. That's what it is. That's what it is. But there's another aspect of this that we have to understand. For you and me to do all three of these things, this is what it looks like. Let me snag this from you. This looks like this. This looks like this. I need one more Bible. Ooh, and this looks like this. Every time you serve, it's, it's based on this. Every time you recline, it's going to be based on this. Every time you sit, it's going to be based on this. Like everything that we do, it, it needs to flow from this. I loved. What Kevin said that, that we have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but the, the general idea is that the biblical foundation is wasting away. And so we're offering this Christianity without an understanding of the Bible. And it's shallow. It has no roots. It's uprooted by the wind. It's uprooted by the changing culture. It sways. Like it If we do all of these things from a posture of, okay, I I, I need to be in the Word. I need to be rooted in the Word. I need to know this thing. Right? I need to read this, and I need to let it read me. Then all of this looks a lot different. We don't do out of our own ability. We do out of what God would have for us. We wisely commit, and he godly produces. All right, you guys can go sit down. You want to take the water with you, Ian? Sure. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Great job. Do you feel rested? Yes. Yes. See, a good servant waits on his master to speak. A good servant waits on his master to speak. A good servant is attentive. And a good servant rests and does based on the master's request. (laughs) A good servant waits on his master to speak. Right. A good servant is attentive. A good servant rests and does based on the master's request is he telling you to rest in his presence is he telling you to recline and receive with him at the table is he showing you how to serve don't start doing it until you have listened completely I can't tell you how many times and I'm working on this with Easton so much. I'll give him direction. You ever? You, anybody ever listen like this? Like I gi- I'm giving him direction. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. And he like leaves the room. Like I'm not done. I said your name. Like, I was like we we do that. We listen on the move. Okay, yeah, cool, right? The coolest thing I think about the the illustration of Mary is that she's sitting attentive the whole time. That house was probably messy. There was probably things to be cleaned, right? But she was listening intently the whole time. We can't just like partially listen because if we partially listen, we partially obey. (laughs) Some eyes get real big on that one. We don't want to partially obey. We want to fully obey. We want to give a full yes. We don't want a yes but, right? Don't start doing it until you have listened completely. Then stand and do it with him. Then stand and do it with him. Okay, I want to take a few minutes. We'll throw some music back on. I'll give you guys a chance to group up into like two or three people, four or four or five people. Just get a a good group going. Um, Try to grab somebody that you don't normally do groups with, Okay. Um, but I want you to talk about those, those th- three things. I want, you to talk about, I want you to talk about sitting. I want you to talk about standing. I want you to talk about reclining. And I want you to talk about what are the things that are easy for me to do? What are the things that are hard for me to do? And why? Why? You might get into the group and you're like, man, none of those are easy to do. That's okay. They're all, I want you to know like, they, they may not be easy, but they're very necessary right? If you really want this yes that you're doing here to stick and move outside of this building, you have to understand those three postures and that you are a servant. That's who you are, okay? So I want you to talk about those three things, why they are easy, why they are hard, and what you feel like the Lord is telling you to do. What area is he like pushing you towards? Is he bringing up in you like, oh man, I want you to do that better. And if there's specifics, like. Like, man, I just need to, I need to recline and rest. And actually, like I, I just need to. a really practical one. I need to read my Bible before I go to bed and when I wake up. It needs to be the last thing I put in this brain and the first thing I put in this brain. Right? Okay? All right. Can we do that? Is that clear? Okay. All right. Go for it. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Please join us online at heritagefellowship.us or in person in Jefferson City, Tennessee as we encounter God, touch lives, and impact nations.